Hello, 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 everybody. Today on For the Love of Sports, my name is Michael Rosiel, the host, and I get to chat with Paul O'Connor. He is the Director of Business Development at Kids in the Game. He is also the founder of Pride of Connecticut, which is a lifestyle clothing brand, which we get to talk about a little bit. And he's the host of two podcasts. One is for the Kids in the Game company. Another is just for fun, his Greenlight podcast. Him and his buddy just talk about uh, basketball. He is a huge College Hoops fan. Him and I are both big Duke fans. So let's go, Duke. Um, And it's really just interesting just to kind of hear where he's been and what he's been through. You know, he hit his dream job. He hit what he wanted to do for the rest of his life by the time he was 25. Um, and jokes on him that's not what he's gonna be doing for the rest of his life which is really interesting so there's a lot of fun to talk to Paul what he does at Kins of the Game how they're helping people in the New York City community how they're helping kids and, and really helping the community as a whole which I think is awesome so I hope you guys enjoy this episode as much as I did with Paul So today I have cool guy, Paul O'Connor. Uh, I think I said your last name right. The, the, That's exactly right. The apostrophe. I never understood. Whose idea? It's like when someone's name like St. Louis. Like, what are you doing? Who, who, who comes I, up with that stuff? I don't get it. You know what's unbelievable? It's 2020 and uh, most online forms still can't figure it out. So most of the time no my way. name is O'Connor with no apostrophe and all credit cards. They don't mess with it either. So sometimes it's just O-C-O-N-N-O-R. It's I don't know That's, how we haven't figured that out. Yeah, out, you, you make a good point. It's 2020. I feel like someone should have been able how to figure out how to use an apostrophe at this point. Um, but hey, <laughs> it is what it is. Paul is the director of BizDev at Kids in the Game, uh, founder of Pride of Connecticut. Hosts a couple podcasts himself, so I guess I'll uh, at the end I'll see how I did. But um, <laughs> first question I always love to ask everybody on the For the Love of Sports podcast is, why do you love sports? Great question. Um, Love it for a ton of reasons. I think uh, first and foremost, I'm competitive. Um, It uh, it was drilled into me at a young age. I started playing uh, basketball, um, I think, out of the womb, but um, had an older brother as well. So the competitive spirit was was always there. Um, And then I just think being on the other side, you know, obviously growing up, I I I didn't do what most people are suggesting now, which is multi-sports because I love basketball so much. You know, my parents could not convince me to play much else. I quit base t-ball, I don't know, maybe third grade. It was too boring for me. Um, And I just was never good at soccer. So like every time I went out for soccer, I would get embarrassed and I'd be like, I don't want to do this. Yeah, mom, leave me alone. Mom, please stop. Yeah, it's like, stop doing this. Um, So play basketball forever. So super competitive um, and just loved working I'll never forget, I, I, I don't know what grade, let's say fifth or sixth or something like that. And uh, I had been trying to make a left-hand layup for my whole life, and I could never do it. Um, and I worked and worked and worked and went to a couple basketball camps and, and finally could do it. And I think that was the first time that I remember. I'm sure there was other times in my life. But the first time where it was like, wow, I actually witnessed the hard work in real time. Like, I have been working on this forever. And finally, I could do it consistently and make, you know, eight out of 10, nine out of 10, 10 out of 10 left-hand layups. Um, and I just, oh, that, that moment always stuck with me. And, 
you know, besides being uh, a member of a team and, and winning and all that stuff comes later, but just the process of getting better, I always love. Um, you know, I'm a, a 5'11 white kid, so basketball had its ceiling. Uh, but just the process of getting better, I love super competitive. So I know that was somewhat of a ramble, but I guess no, I'll- that was that was perfect. I love this. I love that story too. That's actually a pretty cool one. It, it is. It is interesting because around fifth grade, I mean, like, I, I'm I don't remember. I don't know the word that I'm looking for, but you're starting to like kind of realize stuff a little bit more by fifth grade, and you're kind of yep. you can kind of start to see the world a little bit more. You know, first and second grade, it was you know you're in like this really tiny bubble. I feel like, and then once you start to get a little bit older a little closer to middle school, things are starting to like come into vision a little bit, come into like, you know, that. So it's really interesting that you were able to kind of not only witness the process, but realize kind of what you were going through too. I think that part is is really cool, especially within a sport too, as you said, right? Like soccer sucks. Like I don't want to play soccer, mom, please make me stop. I just look like an idiot out there, but like, it's kind of cool. Even though you couldn't do something in basketball, you were still able to kind of put your nose down and be like, this is what I want to do. And then you worked yep. and you're like, whoa, like if I just work hard at things, I can do them. Yeah. I mean, the, the you know, I, it sounds kind of cliche, but the lessons are everywhere in sports. And, you know, I, I come from a family of coaches. So my father was a college basketball coach. My uncle is a college basketball coach. I have um, a cousin who plays college basketball now. I have two other cousins that coach college basketball. It's just in our blood. Um, it's kind of insane. And so it was always just what you did. Um, and there was, there was healthy competition. There still is now. I mean, we argue all the time who's the best cousin and who's the best brother and who had the best career and all this stuff. Um, and so I just think it was just, there almost wasn't even an option or another thought to your point of like things start to come into bit. It was just what we did. Um, so it was awesome. I, you know, I, I wouldn't trade, uh, you know, my experience for anything. Um, obviously grew up playing and then had the opportunity to coach, uh, which is, which has been awesome. Oh yeah, man. What, what colleges are, are your family members coaching at any ones that we might know of here? Yeah, for sure. I got a cousin at Delaware coaches with the men's basketball team. And then I coach uh, a cousin at Georgetown. Whoa. All right. Yeah. That's yeah. some, that's some D1 leg- legacy stuff yeah. going on there, man. Yeah. I actually saw, um, I saw Georgetown earlier this year. So I'm actually a pretty big Duke fan. Um, not so not a front we Oh really? Go. Hell yeah. We were go. All right. Yeah, I'm not not a front runner. There's like a whole story behind it, but um yep. I uh I went to the what was it? Duke Cal game at MSG this year. Okay. Uh yep. and the game before I I try and go to like a was, Empire Classic like or whatever. Georgetown, Texas. Or yep, something. Georgetown, Texas. Yeah. yeah, so I was able to go. So I guess uh, I saw Patrick Ewing getting the crowd hyped and maybe uh what was it? Your cousin or your brother was there yep. getting hyped with yeah, him. Yeah, so that's yeah. pretty cool, man. Look at that. Yeah, it's awesome. And it's, how uh, how was that uh how was that Duke UNC game the other night? Did you enjoy it? Oh my goodness, man. There's a video. Yeah, my my wife was taking a video of me at the end and I'm just like no way. up in the bar. Let's and, go. Uh, I I really the Austin Rivers one is still my favorite. Oh, yep, mine too. Like in terms mine of like meters or whatever, yeah. but this one was insane because the whole t- like Duke should not have won. They should, yeah, the not biggest, at all. I think the biggest yeah. difference like this one just felt like a theft, like truly, like we stole it from them. Um, the Austin Rivers game, it was a little bit closer. Like they still were down 10 with like four to go, but the game felt closer. It never felt yeah. that out of reach. I mean, I had a, uh, I was watching it with a UNC fan and about six or five minutes left, we had a bet that like loser has to buy a shot. 
So five minutes, I, I, something happened. They turned it over and I just left. I walked, I bought the shot and I came back. I said, we'll do it at the end of the game. And he had to Venmo me for the shot. You know nice. what I mean? So Let's like, go. I, I, had, I had like mentally conceded. It's over. It's fine. We'll get him back in March, whatever. Um, it, listen, everyone is always going to say something about Duke and the calls. UNC had their opportunities. They turned it over a million times. They, they went like four for 10 from the line down the stretch. Oh like, yeah. yeah, yeah. They, they literally make one more free throw and that they probably win just one. Like it was yeah, unbelievable. Man. It was, that game was nuts. Um, I, I was able to watch up until about four minutes left and I actually had to go into the city. So I had to leave. Oh, um, yeah, I know. I was, but when you got pissed. the notification, you were probably, I was get, well, I started getting the notifications. And I was like, this is weird. Look what's going on. And then I actually just threw it on ESPN on my phone in the car so i wasn't watching but i was able to kind of okay. pay attention and see what was going on and then my mom yeah. texted me she's like holy shit did you see that and i was like <laughs> i heard it um and she's like that was one of the craziest games i've ever seen and yeah for some reason the austin rivers one like yeah this one felt weird but there's something about him pulling up over like a seven uh, foot cody zeller or whatever the hell it is and just yeah. drilling a three in his face and everyone yeah. in the stadium's like, wait, what just happened? Like this one, no UNT, UNC sucks this year, so we should have won that yeah, game. But it like, felt, it felt it, weird. Yeah. yeah, totally agree. But that's, you know, I'm sure not too many people want to hear Duke fans just uh, talk about how much they love their college basketball team. I talk about it all day with you, man. Maybe maybe when uh, Final we'll Four rolls around. Podcast. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. when, uh, when, when uh, March Madness rolls around, we'll talk about all the games then. Um, but yeah. I do want to talk about a little bit about what you're doing with Kids in the Game. Um, Director of Business Development. So what is kids in the game yeah for sure so kids in the game is a sport-based youth development organization we run uh, youth sports and fitness programs all across new york um so during the school year we're in about 65 schools we do uh physical education recess support after school programs uh we coach a bunch of uh, school athletic teams as well we help out with cyo we do track and field soccer volleyball basketball all that good stuff um, and then we run uh, our own summer camps. So we have five summer camps uh, that are scattered throughout uh, the city. Um, and then we have our own internal um, athletic team. So we have uh, an AAU basketball organization called King Hoops, and we have a soccer organization called uh, King FC, um, and then a track and field. I'm, I'm saying organization. I mean, they're more just um, they yeah, yeah, all yeah, yeah, under yeah, the yeah. same umbrella, but um, track and field, soccer, and basketball. So you know, we work with kids from pre-K to 18, um, the whole spectrum of obviously beginner, intermediate, advanced, kids that want to play in college, kids that just want to play sixth grade basketball. Um, you know, we run the, we run the spectrum for sure. So I it's love super it, fun. Yeah. It's been, I've uh, been here going on four years in June, which is crazy. Congratulations. Um, thank you. And we've, we've grown like crazy. Uh, when I got here, I think I was full-time employee number Five. I always get it wrong. I probably should, I need to know that. But full time employee number five, we'll go with. Um, working out of a, a WeWork on the Upper West Side. Um, finally, we we grew to a point where we needed another space, so we got another uh, co working space in Brooklyn. So we were doing like two co working spaces, and then finally we grew so much. You know, we have 22 full time people now, and we have our own office down here in the financial district. So uh, it's been a crazy ride. We've we've grown like crazy. Um, it's been super fun, super tiring, but super fun. Yeah, I mean, rather you busy than bored, right? Where's the where's the fun exactly. in being bored? Um, so exactly. what exactly? So you guys run this entire program, as you said, it pretty much scales. I think I have down here like twenty thousand kids, uh, as you said, like sixty five schools. What exactly 
like where where do you fit into the puzzle do you go to schools and say hey guys we run this program like do you like like what's the range of services that you guys provide yeah for sure um so during the school year we can partner with a, a school with something as small as once a week for one hour two hours we can come and do an after school basketball class all the way up to we will take over the after school program we'll provide all of like the vendor management all of the marketing the parent communication i think that's something that we really saw growth in because for a long time you know schools were responsible for after school um, and they don't want to be anymore. You know, principals want the option to go home at 3.30 or 4.30 and, and not have to deal with 100 kids um, going through programs uh, here in New York. I think something that's very specific, like I grew up in Connecticut. So after school was me going home, going to a practice or going to a friend's house. Mm-hmm. So there, this just didn't exist. Like what we do did not exist in Connecticut. Um, not to say I wasn't active or playing sports. It was just like I was on a team or part of a unique. Um, there's a need for, you know, out of school time from three to six. And there's a need for care. Um, and parents just need, you know, there's, there's some parents want their kid in everything. They want chess and piano and STEM and robotics and basketball. And then some other parents are like, that's all great. If you offer that, that's fantastic. But I just, I just need my kids somewhere until six. So there's, yeah. you know, we, we fulfill everything in between. Um, I'll stop there. Yeah, perfect. You're great. You're great. You're great, Paul. No, um, it's, it's really interesting. So I grew up in suburbs of New Jersey. So same thing, like after school, like after school program, there was like four kids in the after school program. Like it was, if you're a part of like the, the basketball team that practices right after school, then you just stay. Um, but more often than not, it's, you know, you'd go home, you'd eat dinner, you do your homework. And then at seven o'clock, you go to a rec basketball or a rec baseball yep. or whatever it was. So yeah, I agree. Like this is, this is definitely foreign to me as well, considering, you know, I grew up in the suburbs. It's not, you know, where you just like, all right, school's over, walk home. Um, you know, so it's a yep. little different. I, I guess like with, with what you've done, um, like what exactly, like why, you personally, why did you want to join, you know, kids in the game? I know obviously your coaching background and everything, but what is it about youth development that really like excites you and gets you to like, yeah, this is what I want to do for the last five years or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, good question. I, I think a, a couple of things. So I Thank was living you. down, <laughs> I was living down, uh, in Atlanta. Um, I, my college coaching career had brought me down there and, uh, process of coaching, uh, head coaches get fired. So my head coach got fired. Um, I tried to get back in, but couldn't find a job that worked. And so basically got, took a desk job, took a, a sales job, uh, for about 10 months, which is as long as I could possibly last. Um, and was dying to get back into basketball and sports. And so found out about kids in the game, obviously originally from Connecticut, wanted to get back to the Northeast. Um, our founder, Michael Murphy actually coached college basketball for a handful of years. And his last stop was at Columbia. Um, so had a connection to him, uh, found out about it and that type of stuff. So it was, you know, grow the organization, um, you know, go out and sell and, and business develop. And then the, the other half was specifically grow a youth basketball organization. I was like, this is That's awesome. perfect. Like where else would be better than New York City to do this? Um, so I jumped at it. And, you know, I think for me, I, my, my goal my whole life was to be a college basketball assistant. I actually never wanted to be a head coach. I always I just always thought it was, you always got the brunt of everything. 
you always had to answer all the tough questions. Like, I'd rather just be the guy helping you out. I just want to be the associate head coach and be done. John Shire so, does pretty good at that. So yeah, he's why not? fantastic. Yeah. That's, that's the dream right there. Um, you don't, he doesn't get any shit. Nope. No one is talking nothing nope. right next to coach. Guy. That's perfect. Um, so I had reached it. Like I was 25 years old. I was a, a division one assistant coach. I was like, this is it. Like I'm going to do this for 50 more years and call it a life. And of course, you know, things happen. Does, so, yeah. It doesn't quite work like for, that. For me, I was trying to find something that, you know, made sense for, you know, my personal career and growth and, and, um, you know, where can this get me? And then also I wanted a coach still, um, you know, I still had that itch or sometimes I call it a disease, but I still had it. Um, and this did that. It was, it was a pretty perfect combination. Um, and there was no, you know, in college coaching, like the pressure alone, like you're just so worried about everything. You're worried about all your kids. You're worried about, um, all the day-to-day stuff. You're worried, are you going to get fired? Is, are people transferring? I mean, it's like unlimited. This is truly going back to the left-hand story. Like I get to help kids figure out their left hand. And that, at the end of the day, that's what matters. And if you really love coaching, you can coach a kindergartner or you can coach a 22-year-old going to the NBA. It doesn't matter. Um, and that's where I'm at. And it was just a perfect opportunity. And it's been a crazy ride. That's awesome, man. And I appreciate that you give me nice, like, full answers because that means I just get more questions to ask you. Yeah. Um, so yeah. so let's take this. Which order? I'll go. Okay, I'll go with this order. So at 25, you essentially reached your goal. Was that weird? Um, it was, and I stumbled into it. You know, I think I was the second youngest division one assistant coach in the country. There was like a kid who was like 23 or 24, um, somewhere small, like I was, but, uh, it was, where wild. were you? Where were you? I was at Kennesaw state, um, okay. which is a small, yeah, small D one down in Atlanta. And, um, I went there as the director of basketball operations. So not a coaching role. Um, you know, you're kind of like the, the business manager of the whole program. Um, and then our third assistant ended up having an issue and having to leave. And so it was so late in the season or not even the season hadn't started, but it was so late in the year. It was like late August. And so, you know, everyone's, there's nowhere to go. You know, all the positions are, you know, this isn't, if it happened in like April, I, I, I actually would bet the house. I don't get that job. Um, but because it was late August, you know, there was only one thing to do, but bump me up. And so I went from, now I still had to, it was tough because we didn't replace him um, and we didn't replace me. So yes, I was an assistant and I was doing scouting and recruiting and all that stuff, but I was still doing booking the flights and the hotels and all that crazy stuff. So it was a insane year um, and certainly did not expect to get it that fast. But as soon as I could, it was like I was in heaven. I mean, I was coaching college athletes that I was four years older than I was going to say you're so young at that point what was it like te- like trying to coach essentially kids your age I mean you you would have been in like the same you would have been at college at the same time like it, it's got to be yep. weird it, it was I I'm actually still close with um he actually lives here his name's uh Yanel Brown um and he was our point guard and to be honest with you man the, the guys couldn't have been better you know um I think because one I was new so they knew where I had been and coaches that I had worked for, but I was just always super honest with them. Uh, you know, I never like, it's not like I walked into the gym and I was like, all right, you know, I'm coach K and you need to be listening. Yeah. Like I was just like very honest, like, like this is where I'm coming from. This is what I see. And this is just how I want to help. And that's it. And so I think, you know, from the jump, they were just like, all right, like, this is great. Like whether he's 
25 or 35, like this guy just wants to help me get better. Um, and I, you know, I, I'm still very good friends with, uh, his nickname is YB. Um, and he lives here in Brooklyn and, um, you know, we play basketball once a week together and those guys are just great. I, you know, it's, it's a good question because I haven't thought about it like that in a while of like, Hmm, I wonder how this is going to go. Cause I was certainly nervous, especially my, so my first scout ever was Syracuse. Well, so that's cool. It was, I mean, a nightmare, you know, it's like, so my, my first, first opportunity to scout a team, present a team, uh, present the scouts to the team, the whole thing. And it's against Jim Bay. Yep. And the two threes. So are. lucky you <laughs> figure this certainly out. Certainly a little, yeah, it's like, yeah, it's certainly a little intimidating. Um, but I think that just set the tone for the rest of that year. And uh, it was awesome. Just an unbelievable ride. That is awesome. And yeah, that's got to be really like kind of like a like shock to the system going, you know, from the role you were in that you were hired to do comfortable with to being like, oh, wait, no, you know, your dream job, you're, you're only like a couple steps away. Why don't we just, you know, we'll just throw you in there. And oh, by the way, you know, you're like two years older than some of these guys. So, you know, make sure you're the leader right out of the gate. But I think it's cool, man. I mean, that's that's just got to be a really, as you said, it was your dream job. You got there real quick. So that that must have been kind of weird. But it sounds like you handled it relatively well. You took lot of the things that you learned throughout your career the leadership aspects and now you're even utilizing them now in your role um and i do want to get back to that for a second what exactly so you're the director of business development does that mean you're going out to find brands to help pay for some of this stuff does that mean you're going out to these schools and saying hey you should pay us so that way we can take care of your kids like what what exactly is your role and and, and what do you do yeah it's a good mix um so I'll start with the school stuff. So I, you know, it's mainly focused on school. So I'm having conversations with parent coordinators, athletic directors, principals, assistant principals, um, parents, members of the PTA, whoever the like main decision maker or influencer in the school is, that's who we want to get in touch with. Um, and then it's different based on each school, but we are a DOE vendor. Um, so people can pay for us through their uh, budget. We can. Um, what does DOE mean? Uh, Department of Education. Okay, Sorry. cool. No, you're um, good. Yeah, so we're Department of Education vendors. So um, you know, some of our recess programs can get paid through that, uh, and then also we um, some of our programs are PTA funded. So you know, it, whether it's a recess or after school, um, most of our after school programs are family funded. So they pay like a monthly fee, and then you know they get care for uh, Monday through Friday from three to six. Um, the other interesting part of our organization is we recently just became a B Corp. Um, Congrats, so that's awesome. Thank you. Yeah. It's, it's very, it was a very cool process to go through, um, made us have some like internally tough discussions about like, how can we get there and all that stuff. Uh, but we were an LLC before that. And then a couple of years ago, we started a 501c3 on the side because what we continued to run into is. New York City, like most other places, is just a battle of the haves and the have-nots. And all of the haves and, and the uh, more uh, well-off schools could afford our programming and the other schools couldn't. And so since we can't fix that uh, overnight, we were like, why don't we, we'll start a foundation, we'll raise a bunch of money on the back end, we'll provide financial aid to families for summer camps and after school and basketball programs and all that stuff. And so since uh, it, we literally just got the notification like a week ago about the B Corp, I'm almost positive. Yeah, crazy. I'm almost positive we are the only B Corp 501c3 structure in the entire country. 
So it's to answer the original question is like, it's, it's schools and then we run a ton of events to raise money. So we're, we are talking to brands and, um, you know, we're trying to work with, you know, the Nets and the Knicks on different programs and all that type of stuff. So it's, it's a good mix. It's super fun. Like no day is the same, which is awesome. You know, some days I'm in the office from eight to six other, you know, then I'll go two straight days not being in the office. Nice. Um, so it's awesome. Super That's fun. awesome, man. Yeah. It sounds like, um, just being able to do that. And it sounds like you're, you're a guy that really likes to give back to the community. It sounds like that's like a huge portion of what you like to do. And and my question, my next question was going to be like, how, how, like how much, like, you know, of those 20,000 kids, 25,000, whatever that number is, how much of it do you try and directly impact those, you know, we'll call them the inner city schools, like the schools that you were talking about through this 501c3, how many, like, how many school, how many of those kids, how many of those schools have you personally seen a direct impact for? Um, I would, it's hard to put a percentage okay. on it. All right. um, yeah, you're good. We're, we're in a, a very good mix of the whole spec. So, you know, we're in some of like the best private schools uh, in the city and then we're in, um, you know, some lesser off public schools in, in different boroughs and, you know, we, we get creative on the funding. Um, so whether that's, you know, through their own budget or if we provide financial aid to families or whether it's half, like half family split, half school uh, paid for, we get super creative with it. Um, because at the end of the day, we just want to make sure that kids, regardless of their background or their socioeconomic um, background, like they, everyone needs access to fun games, activities, sports, especially like going back to the the um you know growing up in the suburbs like mm -hmm. here in new york it's yes there are parks everywhere and i get all that but it's so much different than growing up where there's just grass everywhere and you can play everywhere and so you know recess is super important and getting active for a couple hours after school is super important because not all kids do that so it's a good mix um you know look like don't get me wrong, we need to pay the bills and we need to keep our lights on. So like, we're always going to be talking and working with schools that can, but then that's kind of where that foundation came in. And that idea It's like, well, how can we do both? And that's how. Yeah, yeah. And that makes sense. That is, that is really interesting. And I think it's cool how, you know, as you said, you guys try to get really creative, um, because there's always ways, you know, and no one has the budget until they have the budget, right? So there's always, <laughs> there's always a way to figure something out. If you can show the value, if you can provide, hey, you know, for X dollars, this is what's going to not just happen to the kids. This is what's going to happen to your community. You know, it's, it's going to yeah. be safer, it's going to be more active, there's going to be better people involved. And, you know, that, that, you know, some of those, you know, we'll call them KPIs might not be able to directly correlate. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, you know, someone who's been in a city for long enough, someone who's seen enough things will know, okay, yes, this is really good, rather than having our kids go directly home, um, you know, potentially getting into some funny business, like, now they have this opportunity to stay after school for one, two, three hours, yep. get active so that they don't have to stay up all night, you know, th there's so many extra ancillary things that come with it that I think is, is really important. And it sounds like you guys are doing something right man because 20,000 kids 65 schools you're not messing around yeah yeah and um you know it's across all the boroughs we're, we're not in Staten Island uh yet just because um it's we I think a lot of reasons but mainly uh it's just hard to get coaches that can get there um and you know we our hours of programs really range but usually recess is like 10 to 1 and then after school is 3 to 6 so 
you know, to send a coach to Staten Island, it's just hard. So we're, it doesn't matter about Staten Island, but we're in all the other boroughs, um, all types of neighborhoods, all types of communities, all types of schools. It's super fun. You're in the important boroughs, right? That's the important yeah. part, right No, That's cool, man. So I guess like what, what is the, what's the next step? I mean, you were one of the first employees, full, first full-time employees. So you're probably very close to the founders and you're, you're, you know, you're doing a lot of the stuff. I'm sure you're looked at as a right-hand man. Like what, what are some of the next steps that you guys are looking to try and achieve? Um, you obviously, you got, you became a B Corp. You have the 501c3. You're affecting this many schools. I mean, is it just let's keep compiling schools or is there like another level that you guys are trying to, to get to? Yeah, I think first and foremost is always, yes, more schools, more communities, uh, more camps, more basketball teams continue to grow. And then secondly, um, would be to get our own building. Um, so right now we do all of our programming at their site. Uh, so to have your own building is just such a game changer. Um, you know, as you know, in the city space is uh, very hard to come by. And expensive. Super expensive, super hard to come by, even if it's like a middle school basketball court, like, you know, it goes for an obscene amount of money. So we're, I would say that is probably in the next, like, I would say 12 to 36 months, something that we're actively pursuing, something that we're working on now to get our own building. Nothing will change with other programming, but imagine, you know, the new revenue streams and all the other programs that we can do if we have our own building. Um, And then I would say 36 40 I mean maybe three five years down the road whatever it is um, expanding to a new city so like we talked about this cannot be done everywhere Um, it has to have the city has to have a couple things one a massive public school system Um, it has to be you know urban it has to be dense it has to not have a lot of places to play if that makes sense Um, and then it has to have public transportation where coaches can get to that you know they don't need cars to drive an hour away um, so there's a couple that fit, you know, Chicago comes to mind, Washington, DC comes to mind. Um, you know, we've thrown out a couple others, but you know, it's, it's not that many that really yeah. work. It's, it's uh, pretty so- crazy. Yeah. When you think about a city like that, like, I, so I grew up an hour from New York city. So that's always been the city, right? Like I, yeah, anytime I talk about the city. the city, it's New York. Like someone was like, yeah. Oh, Philly or New York. I was like, that's a dumb question. Why would I talk about yeah. Philly? A and then B no, like it's Philly's like half a million people. What are you talking about? Yeah. Get out of here. Yeah. So it's, it's always been really interesting to me because growing up my whole life, like I just thought like, okay, New York is a city. That was the, that was the, that was like the connection. And then you realize, well, no, LA is, is like, you know, the second biggest city, but is nothing like New York. Like it's completely like public transportation. Yeah. Right. Have fun with that. Um, you know, there's Boston, you know, not nearly as big Philadelphia, not nearly as big. So yeah, surprisingly, there are only like a few that actually come to mind, especially that kind of fit all these criteria that you guys are talking about. Yeah. And that, and I, and when I say that, I mean, to scale to where we are now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Certainly, you know, we could open small little satellite branches where, you know, it's like a million dollars a year in revenue, like something small like that we certainly could do. And if if the goal was, hey, we, you know, we have a connection to a network of schools and we can automatically get in like 10 in a new city, then yeah. Um, But again, like the legwork to, to build this up is, is, takes forever exactly Uh, yeah there's only a couple sites that would be worth like all right let's invest in sending a couple you know team members out there and and building it um 
but again, you know, it's on our strategic plan, but it's, it's years away for sure. It's, it's years away. Plus there's a lot of people in New York city, man. There's, there's a lot so many of schools, schools here. Like I'm, I, I, I respect and appreciate that you guys want to take those other places, but even if it never gets there, I think you guys can be wildly successful just by hanging out in New York. That's what's insane. Like we're in 60 schools. We're one of like the bigger organizations that do what we do. Um, probably like second or third um, in terms of like kids reached and all that stuff. But we're at, we're in like 1% of schools. I mean, it's yeah. literally like 1500 elementary schools. Then there's middle schools. Like it's limitless. So to your point, we can just keep growing here and it's, it's the same. But it's still cool. Chicago needs help too. I hear that, you know, they got stuff going on there. So I mean, again, you know, I think it's really cool, I guess, how you guys are doing it and what you've really done. Um, You know, I really, you know, that's why I reached out. I thought you you, you got some pretty cool stuff going on. And I also hear you, you, uh, you just told me you got, you have a podcast for kids in the game too. Like I didn't know about this until we came on. So I didn't have the opportunity to check it out. So I guess like, what are you covering? Like who's the audience that you're trying to reach with that? Yeah, for sure. So it's called Behind the Game. Um, and we we cover a lot of our partners. Um, we've had people from UNICEF, um, Love Football, uh, Sports High, um, the Department of Education, you know, people in our world uh, that just kind of understand what we're doing. And really the idea of the podcast is just to highlight all the good work that other people are doing. Um, we want to bring on cool, innovative people that um, – you know, are, are just doing good work in the youth development scene. So that was always the idea. Uh, the, the people that are listening to it is wide ranging. Um, you know, it's funny when you do launch a podcast and you start sending it out uh, online, like on the internet and, and email, we have like a very robust email. Um, what I mean, database, email list. Yeah. List. There we go. Thank you. Thank you for that. Uh, email database at this point, because we've, you know, we've been emailing parents for 10 years almost. Um, and so you'll like run into a parent that you would never think would listen to it. And they're like, Oh yeah, I heard your, you know, episode seven with blah, blah, blah. Like it was great. Um, so it's, I think it's a mix of parents, uh, school administration, and then just people kind of in the youth development scene here in New York. And I, I love it. I mean, this is my favorite thing I get to do. So the more podcasts, the better. The There's a lot of people that yeah. have, I mean, average commute time is 45 minutes, man, a day. You know, that's, that's a lot of time you can hang out with your, your earphones in. Um, but I guess yep. what, what other types of content do you guys try and create to just attract more and more of these kids, these schools, these decision makers that you were talking about? Yeah, so the podcast has been one. Um, launched it a little over a year ago now. It's been very, uh, very cool for us because it's just a nice, to your point, like it's just a nice way to reach out to people and say, Hey, we're just, we just want to bring you in, have a conversation, highlight all the stuff you're doing. So that's been cool. We actually just hired, um, I'd say just like three, four months ago, a creative marketing manager, because to be honest with you, this is always something we've struggled with. Like we're good at running programs. We are very good at coaching and we can grow the business model. We're not great at telling our story. Um, and I feel like that's always the thing that just falls by the wayside. And you know, Gary Vee will yell at you and say that this is more important than, than even what you are doing. Like you have to tell your story. Like that's how you really grow. And so we finally were in a position to, you know, put some money towards it and hire someone that can really help. And so to answer the original question, podcast, um, blogging, that's going to be still big for us. Like, and we have limitless content. Who doesn't love reading about kids success stories and you know whether it's in an after school program or summer camp opportunity whatever it is 
Um, parents love it. Kids love seeing themselves on video. Um, and then the third one is perfect transition is video. So uh, we do have a lot of me um, overseeing the basketball stuff. I always put an emphasis on that because it's huge, whether it's highlights or like a program overview, um, the basketball stuff we have a ton of videos for. It's just expensive, man. To make videos and to keep it up is very expensive. Mm -hmm. So that is something that we still need to improve on in terms of like creating a five minute video and then breaking that down into like micro content for Instagram. And we don't have a TikTok yet. I don't know if we're going to get one. I know we should. I think with the you kids, know. man, I think you kind of have to. I know. Um, but again, like if those are probably the three, you know, the podcast, the blogging, and then, you know, we always talk about thought leadership. We've always wanted to run a conference um, and highlight kind of all the partners in this, uh, in our space and you know all the there's a million content ideas yeah for that. of course do, do you yeah. guys, do you guys run like an event every year where you just kind of invite a bunch of people or anything like that we don't run anything now i mean we do have fundraising events yeah, right now, yeah, yeah. But we don't we don't have like thought leadership events right now which would be that's kind of that's next on the horizon as well Thank you. Thank you for filling that void while I was taking a drink yep. out of my water too. You've done this before. You know what you're doing, Paul. I love this. Good stuff. Yeah, man, that's that's super interesting. Um, you know, obviously, you know, the, it, it sounds like, it, you're right, creating video content is not cheap. But I mean, yep. I just think there's so many, as you said, like it is endless. Like the stories you write, I mean, the stories you listen to, the stories you see, I mean, I think it could be endless. And now that you guys have been doing this, I mean, you've been there for four years or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. However long the company's been around, like now you're starting to see those 12-year-old kids. Well, now they're going to college. Yeah, uh, exactly. Know, those, uh, those high schoolers, now they're getting out of college. And, and you know, mm -hmm. being able to connect those dots and have those stories, I think that would be super impactful. Um, and showing people that would be huge. And I think it really, I mean, I don't need to tell you how to develop business for your business, but I definitely think, you know, you guys are in the right direction where creating something like this could then start to really impact the bottom line. You know, obviously on, on the front yep. end, it's going to be expensive, but I think the bottom line that you, you can impact that you start putting up like a compilation of those videos to these, you know, principals, to these decision makers mm -hmm. that go to a PTA meeting. Hey, let me show you this five minute video. I definitely think that could be, you know, super powerful and in, in helping yep. string along some business. Yeah, it's huge. So super important um, and things that we're actively thinking about and, and honestly uh, looking for partners. We have actually a couple of proposals out for a kind of a year long partnership to create um, videos because what we've done in the past is a lot of freelance work, a lot of, oh, yeah, I got a buddy. who yeah. I got a friend and, and she's great, whatever it is. Um, and it leads to it doesn't it, it leads to good videos, but it also leads to kind of like off brand messaging and like this video looks this way, this video feels different. And so we're trying to bring it all together, um, which is, it'll be a, a fun project. It should be pretty cool, man. I'm very excited to hear about that. Um, awesome. Sounds like you got a lot of stuff going on with kids in the game. Um, but you have some other stuff you got going on too. Oh, I do want to get back to the coaching aspect. So now you get to coach and you still do it. As you said, you coaching a 22 year old coaching a kindergartner. Um, fundamentals are fundamentals it doesn't matter yeah. who you are right but is yeah. um is that still kind of a goal for you to kind of get back into i mean that was your goal originally i mean i'm sure you love what you do now but with your network with all the people that you've met and things that you've done things that you've learned uh is that something that's still kind of like in the back of your mind like hey maybe one day i'll go back into you know uh, college coaching 
You know, it isn't right now. Um, I think I've, I've just, I, I just know what that world is and what it takes, uh, what it takes from you. In all honesty, it's a uh, 366, 25, eight job. Uh, it is, there are no breaks. Um, and you know, I, who, who am I to say? Maybe, you know, who, yeah, you know, of course you never if, know. Yeah. If Duke ever came calling, absolutely. Um, but I know that phone is not ringing anytime soon from them. So I, you know, I think it's like, if it's the perfect opportunity and it's with someone, I think more importantly, it's with someone I know and trust. Um, I'm certainly not getting back in like the racket of just hustling and trying to, you know, um, make move up and and do all that thing. It would only happen if it's, you know, in 10 years when all of my cousins and friends that are still in the business, like get head coaching jobs. Sure. Then maybe, um, but until then, I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm just... obviously, you obviously can't rule anything out. I wasn't sure if that was just kind of something that you're just like, you know, I'm doing this now and I'm liking it, but that's always something I'm going to go back to. Like, and honestly, yeah. it doesn't even sound like that. That is a, a necessity moving forward, but it, it's really interesting. Isn't that cool how it works? You know, your whole, your whole life, you live to get to this one point, you get there, you lose it. And then you actually find something you like better. Um, it's, yep. it's always interesting how that stuff works. I know. I just, I always remember being in, well, probably senior year, but I always remember being in classes and just hearing people say like, listen, you have no clue where you're going to be. I promise you, no matter how set you are on it, like you don't know where you're going to be. You have to be like nice to everyone, open all the doors, like don't say no to anything, all that stuff. And I always remember being like, yeah, that's all well and good. It's a great message, but like I'm coaching college. So like, I'm good. You know, I I get it and I hear it and that's right. But But that's not me. And perfect. It's like, yeah, no. Thank you. <laughs> it's funny how that works. I love it. Um, also, I see here, Pride of Connecticut. You got a lifestyle clothing brand. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, so this was and still is just kind of a fun side project that I just wanted to test a, uh, a hypothesis, really. Um, so I went to school in Ohio, Ohio University. Uh, go Bobcats. And for as better or for worse. As long as it's not the Buckeyes, we're good. No. Perfect. Dude, Dude I, I swear to God, great. Friends. we love Duke and we hate Ohio State. It's Man, everything, this is everything we're about. I can't so, wait. For better or for worse, you know, Ohio loves Ohio. Okay, they are very proud. And this, this is the whole state. Forget where you went to school. Like, they are very proud. They have unlimited gear, merchandise, lifestyle, clothing. I mean, everything like, and it's, it, you can buy cork. I mean, it's like, it's absurd. Like you can literally buy anything with the, you know, crest of Ohio or the script Ohio and all this stuff. And so I always had that in the back of my mind and learned of that, right? Like I'm a Northeast kid going to the Midwest in college and like came with an East coast bias and, and was probably told, yo, you're an asshole. Like, shut up. You know what I mean? Like you're typical, like, Yankee like just shut up um but what I learned is there maybe there is a market for this in Connecticut now comparing Ohio to Connecticut Connecticut has zero state pride uh it is a very weird state in all honesty um it doesn't have sports besides UConn um it's obviously very small it's sandwiched in between massive fan bases so you either go north to New England or you go south to New York um so I really just wanted to see like, all right, let me just see if like people really do love this state. Now, don't get me wrong. There's great things about it. Um, and I, I loved growing up there and, and had an awesome upbringing. 
but I just kind of wanted to test like, all right, let me just see if there's anything here. Um, really it's been a lesson in everything like social media marketing and, and growth hacking and, and merchandise and like how to sell t-shirts. Like at the end of the day, it's, it's really it. Um, and it's been fun. I can't even remember when I started it. I've sold, you know, at this point, I don't know, upwards of like $10,000 worth of stuff. So like, again, nothing crazy, but you know, it's just a nice little paycheck every month that like, in, whether, yeah, whether it does or it doesn't, you know, it, it didn't cost me any money. So that was the other thing too, is I, I learned, uh, this is really what got it going is I learned of this organization or this company, I should say called the loyalist. And basically what they do is they're an e-commerce platform um, that also creates and ships your merchandise. So like you meet with them, you design, you talk about your idea, all that stuff. They host your website. Um, people go on order, they do everything, they send it, and then they just take a percentage. So it's not like I was like, oh, I have um, $5,000 extra dollars, yeah, yeah, yeah. $5,000 of the t-shirts and worry about inventory and sizing and colors and all that stuff. I was like, oh, I have no interest in that. But this is kind of a fail safe, like there's no harm. If I sell zero, it costs me zero. If I sell 5,000, great, you know, it's, it sounds good. Um, so yeah, I mean, that, that was the idea, that was the premise. Um, you know, I don't think I'll ever have a career in it. Uh, and who knows how long I'll do it for. Maybe I can sell it to some Connecticut loony that just loves the state and wants to do it. Um, but yeah, that was it, man. That was the uh, idea. It's pretty cool. I mean, it just seems like a fun, like a little experiment as you, as you were saying, like, it was just like, let's see what we can get yeah. out of it. And I mean, yeah, I mean, 10 grand in sales, it's not bad. Like I wouldn't be yeah. angry with an extra 10 grand. Right. So it is it is, it's right? kind of cool. Like, is it weird when you see someone like randomly, have you seen like, just like a rando, like just where you're like, wait a second. Uh, I designed that. I haven't, I haven't seen anyone in person. Um, and you know how all the, your, you know, ideas or startups go. It's always, you know, friends, family, and fools. And that's exactly what it was. And it was all my friends buying it. And, um, you know, my mom and dad bought a bunch of stuff and all that. But what was crazy is, I mean, it took a long time, but eventually it got to the point and really it was Instagram and Facebook. And I would say like 90% Instagram, um, of promoting it and all that stuff. But what was crazy is when like sales started to come in and I had no idea where they came from, like truly. And then what was crazy is like people who were from Connecticut, but lived in Florida or Texas or California nice. yep. and like found out about it. And I was like, Holy shit. Like it kind of worked. I mean, and honestly, my whole idea was if one person that I don't know buys this shirt, where then, you know, I, I was not trying to get this account to a million followers and it, cause this, that's just not the market for it. You know, it just, it was just a fun idea. Let's see if it works. And, uh, you know, who, who knows how long I'll do it for, but it's fun. Still pretty cool though, man. I like that. It's, it's, it's interesting to hear it from that perspective where it's just kind of, uh, I mean, yeah, obviously I, I grew up here in New Jersey. Um, I have heard Connecticut's kind of weird, but I've only driven through it. So I can't really comment too hard. It's kind um, of a drive through state, right? Yeah. yeah. On my, somewhere on my way to Boston. Um, so yeah, yeah. it's, uh, it's really interesting to, to hear you say it. Cause I have heard that like Connecticut's like kind of a weird place. Like it doesn't really have too much, but it's not like a bad place. It's not like a great place. Yeah, it's, it's like, and you compare it to Jersey, like it doesn't, at least Jersey's polarizing. You're oh, yeah. Jersey. Oh, my God. Love it. And you have then no people, idea. And people hate it. You know, people always shit on Jersey. And so Connecticut doesn't even have that. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, right. You don't even have the polarization. Like 
it's nothing. It's just kind of like, it's, I don't know, it's Connecticut. Yeah. I, I drove know. through it once. Like, that's about it's it. Yeah. Yeah. The taxes are high. It's expensive to live there and they have nice houses. Other than that, I, what, what else do you got? Um, yeah. And so, yeah, it's funny. Like, you know, you're, you're not, you're not necessarily like feeding on any emotion like jersey yeah you could sell t-shirts in jersey you had a funny saying or whatever it is like people would buy it because people are passionate about it if you're from there yeah uh my cousin uh shout out scott uh he created a brand um around trucks in new jersey called it dirty jersey <laughs> and now he sells like a boatload of t-shirts and sweatshirts uh just because people love them and yeah man it's it's weird i don't know why everyone hates new jersey so much i mean i, I have ideas but like most of the time they go to the crappy parts like yeah i hate the newark yeah. airport too it's the worst place on planet earth like i totally get that like i i get it um but the beach is pretty nice we got some nice mountains like, it could be worse but like yep. yeah, it is what it is but yeah it is as you were saying that i was thinking like man like new jersey like there's probably a thousand people that do that already here um mm -hmm. yeah i've never kind of lived somewhere that was just kind of like very blase like no one really yeah cares. like All right, cool like it's connecticut like it's pretty yeah. interesting um so we went over kids in the game. We went over Pride of Connecticut. You talked about your basketball career or your coaching career. Um, and you have another podcast. Man, you love this talking into a microphone thing just as much as me. So tell us, tell us a little bit about Green Light. Yeah, for sure. Um, so started it with a buddy, Ian Frazier. Um, I went to college with him. And the idea really was, I would say the first 20 episodes were purely college basketball. So it was just kind of like your weekly recap on all things college hoops. Um, because obviously I coached and, and what Ian did, Ian works for a company called Crossover, uh, which got acquired by like Huddle, I think. Um, but it's a online um, like video sharing yeah, software yeah, yeah. for highlights and games and all that stuff. Um, so he had a ton of resources and obviously knowledge about the game, but then access to, to college coaches. And I think that's what really we wanted to do is get as many college coaches on as possible and just have, like we wanted our, our angle was we're two former managers, by the way. So we both started at the, the bottom, wiping up sweat, filling up water bottles, doing laundry, like just the worst stuff you can do. Um, and so we wanted to kind of take that approach to it. Like, I don't want to ask you the same question you get asked on every single ESPN interview. Like we want to ask different questions, funny questions. Like let's not take ourselves too seriously because we're nobodies. We're, we're not serious. So, um, that was the idea of it. And, and honestly, like, you know, I could, to your point, sit and talk about college basketball or just basketball in general for with my eyes closed for all day long. Um, it started as college hoops. It morphed into MBA, into high school, into recruiting, into all things hoops. Um, and now we've had a ton of people on. Like we actually just had um, uh, this awesome guest on, Kelsey Trainer, who uh, is a lawyer, and she's done. She works for like Blue. She's worked um, with Blue Bloods show, and she's done. She just had like an awesome career in life. And she came on, and we were talking about. Um, I mean, amongst a million things, but we were talking about like the lack of TV and media coverage for women's sports. And she's super passionate about that. So like, it's been all over the place. And then the, the guest after that was the head coach of Mount St. Mary. So it's been, um, Hell yeah. you know, it's been, a, 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 again, like it's been fun. Who knows where it goes? Like we didn't have the attention, you know, I would have loved to um, continue to grow it to the point where like, you know, it never got like acquired or you could join like a real network. Like that would be insane. But again, the competition, as you know, is there's 
everyone has a podcast and like it's it's insane so right now we're just having fun with it enjoying it yeah it's something to do yeah, i mean that, like I'm, I'm not getting paid to do this like whatever this is just enjoyable yeah. it's, it's fun to do i yep. like talking to people about sports i want to help share their story especially if they got some cool like what you got going on so it's more fun than it, it costs me money to do this right like yeah, it's, exactly. it's whatever though like i would rather this be my hobby than you know like cars or you know you know drugs or something like that like yeah it's, yeah, yeah. It's a little bit better this way so no man that's really yeah. cool and that definitely sounds like uh sounds like i mean if you're getting coaches like mount st mary's like that's not a slouch program like that's a that's yeah, a pretty yeah. good it's, get how did you guys yeah. even did you just reach out was it someone you knew like how, it, how did you yeah, get that everyone that's been on has been someone we knew um so you know i think like the highest profile coach i guess you could say we've had on was an assistant at boston college um but really i mean we've had people from minnesota nc state um kind of all over it's really just like me calling and texting buddies like hey i have a college podcast i'd love to have you on and who says no? Like everyone's yeah. excited to do that. Um, and we've just had, you know, we've had agents on before. We've had um, uh, people to come on and talk about betting and like just all sorts of stuff. So it's really grown the topic. Like, you know, I said the first 20, I would say probably like the first 10 was really us going like, all right, what happened Monday through Sunday in college basketball? And now it's, it's whatever we want to talk about. Yeah. Hoops world. I like that, man. That's pretty cool. And it's it's fun to be able to just pivot. It's your show, right? Who the hell can tell you yeah. no? Like so whatever. Hey guys, we're talking about this today. Sorry. You know, just don't listen yep. if you don't want to hear about it. So no, I like that, yep. man. And and this is uh this was a lot of fun, Paul. Thank you. So we got Paul O'Connor, director of business development at Kids in the Game. Uh please send me over all the links for all the podcasts. Um, both of the podcasts, you, you, I can only imagine how many Instagram accounts, at least three that you have to manage, if not more, please send all those over. And yeah, man, this was a blast. Thank you so much, Paul. Thank you all so much for listening to this episode and all the episodes of For the Love of Sports. On a personal note, I want to show some extra gratitude to everybody out there. This is my favorite thing that I get to do. So by you listening, um, it truly gives me an extra reason to do it. Uh, I was going to do it anyway, but thanks for thanks for sticking in this long. Uh, if there's anything I can do better, please let me know. I'm always looking to get better. I, I'm trying to get more reps. The more reps, the better I get. More practice, the uh close to the opportunity is to getting paid to do something like this so i would sincerely appreciate that if you all could please rate review subscribe and share um specifically on itunes five star reviews are pretty great they help with the algorithm a lot so anyone out there on apple it would take you about four seconds um so if you can give me a couple extra seconds of your time i would really appreciate it make sure to follow me um on the socials um i think it's michael Raziel or michael period Raziel everywhere check it out um shoot me an email if you have any questions michael period Raziel one at gmail so i really threw for a loop there but other than that sincerely appreciate it thank you guys so much and i hope you make it a wonderful day